Grace and peace are yours in abundance through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Over the past couple weeks, I've collected, uh, some of you have sent me or shared with me some different pictures of, of your life, and especially our church family and the, the life that we have together. So we've got a little video that will start out many of our sermons through this series with, with pictures of some of you and the impact that, that this congregation has had. So today we have, we've got the baby pictures, which especially as we think about coming into God's family, are our baptism pictures. And if you'd like to be in some of these pictures for future weeks, go ahead and look at the news and notes section. You can email pictures or bring them in, and I'll, I'll take some snapshots of them. Let's start out with this video for This, this Is Your Life. people in there, some of the pastors we've had. What a neat thing to be this family of God together. This is your life. This is our life. This is how it begins. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. This is a, this is a dense section, so I'd encourage you to have uh, bring your Bible along to these services. You can make notes in here. Certainly have, have your worship folder out so you can refer back to it during the sermon too. But uh, Paul begins his letter to the Ephesians with these words of praise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He did this when he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. He did this in accordance with the good purpose of his will and for the praise of his glorious grace, which he has graciously given us in the one he loves. In him, we also have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in keeping with the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will in keeping with his good purpose, which he planned in Christ. This was to be carried out when the time had fully come in order to bring all things together in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have also obtained an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in keeping with the purpose of his will. He did this so that his glory would be praised as a result of us who were the first to hope in Christ. In him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and in him, when you also believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance 
until the redemption of God's own possession, so that his glory would be praised. This is God's word. Have you seen the new parents taking pictures of of their little baby? Probably now it's mostly going up on Facebook. Maybe sometimes we still remember to go and send it to Walgreens and get them printed and put them in to an album, but it starts with, uh, probably starts with the pictures of the mom who's, who's pregnant and growing, and then the ultrasound pictures, baby's first pictures, and then the baby's born, and you get the classic picture of the baby on the scale with his or her weight before too long. Uh, there's, there's pictures going up all the time. The one-month picture, the two-month picture, the six-month picture, the one-year birthday with the cake in the hand and the cake on the face. We find joy in thinking about all these special occasions that God has given us in the lives of our families. The Christian life is also shown in this book of Ephesians, this photo album of the Christian life. But our our Christian life, our being brought into God's family is certainly a little bit different because we were not, none of us were born into God's family. But we started out separated from him. Children not of God, but children of of wrath, naturally sinful and separate. But by God's grace, he adopted us to be part of his family. So today we get to have this glimpse into the eternal mind of the three-in-one God and see how God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit came together before time began to make you his own. So we begin with this song of praise. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in connection with Christ. Wow. I'm doing a couple pre-marriage counseling sessions with some, some young folks who are planning on getting married. One of the questions we like to talk about a conversation starter is just, how many children do you hope and pray that God might bless you with? <laughs> Uh, no, I know we should leave that in God's hands, but, but it's, it's fun to dream about those kind of things. How will God increase and expand our family? What might that look like? Some couples, some families, decide to go the route of adoption so that they can share this love of a family with another person who is not biologically related to them. And I, I've never gone down that path, but just talking with people who have you know that this is intense. It is a long process. It's an expensive process. And a lot of times people are not choosing the person that they're going to adopt to come and be part of their family and share their family and make part of their family. Instead, all this planning happens before they even know who this will be. And then months, years, a lot of times, then perhaps they'll be blessed with this child. Well, here we see that when God adopted us to be part of his family, when he, when God the Father began his planning process, it was not a month or two before he adopted us into his family. It wasn't a few years before he adopted us into his family. But verse 4 says this, He chose us in Christ when? Before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus. Before God first said, let there be light, 
He had chosen you to be part of his family. Before time as we know it began, back into the realm of eternity and God there, he had you in his heart to call you to live with him forever. He knew all that would happen. He knew Jesus would have to be sent and, and, and sacrificed for our sins, but he knew that you would be part of his family. It's mind-blowing. It's comforting. And this kind of, this doctrine of election or predestination, this teaching that God gives us, is a teaching of gospel, and it's a teaching of comfort, so that God's children, no matter what is going on, can look back and say, God chose me to be his own. Before time began, he chose me. Heaven is my home. I'm part of his family. You can probably remember choosing, uh, choosing some kickball teams, maybe, maybe a baseball team outside at recess or, or out in the, the, the empty lot or something like that. Who, who do you usually choose to be on your team if you get to be one of the captains picking? Uh, maybe it's going to be a best friend who's going to be on that team. And then even from within the friends, if, you, if you're going and narrowing it down there, you're probably going to choose the people who are good at sports, good kickers, the fast kids, the, the good hitters, and choose them to be part of your team. But God's selection process is vastly different. It's not as if, this is clear from the Bible, it's not as if God looked into eternity and somehow saw, well, these are the people who are going to come to faith anyway, therefore I'll choose them to be part of my family. He looked in the future and saw a world of sinners who were completely separate from him and not worthy of being called to faith or brought to the faith. He didn't look at us and say, oh, someday you're going to be a really good Christian. I choose you for my team. No. How did he choose us? What did God use to make these decisions? Well, very end of, of verse 4, we've got that little phrase, in love. In love he predestined us. He did it in accordance with his good purpose and his will for the praise of his glorious grace. He didn't see anything in us, yet in love, out of grace, he chose you to be his own be part of his family, just because that was his good purpose, his will, so that people would look at us and, and say, wow, and praise God for what he's done. This is what God the Father has done. Before the creation of the world, he plans out absolutely everything so that you would be his own. This is meant to be pure gospel. It is just, it's meant to make believers just feel certain and secure. But because we also have the sinful nature inside of us, and, and we just can't, can't always take this, this truth from God at face value and say, thank you, Jesus, sometimes we may start to think, how do I know that I'm one of the chosen, one of the elected, one of the... the Predestined. How do I know that I'm truly and will remain a child of God? Well, do you want to be sure? Then let's direct our eyes from God the Father and his planning from eternity and slide them over just a little bit to God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. Because if you want to be sure, if you're one of God's children, we'll do what Paul does, and he'll direct us to God the Son. Verse 7 says, In him, the one he loves, Jesus, 
In him we also have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in keeping with the richness of his grace. It might be wise for us to ask, how can I possibly be a child of God, holy and blameless with all of my continual sinning? Forgiveness of of sins, and those sins are real. The Greek word that's used here for sin, it's, it's, they're all picture words, and one of the pictures of sin is the picture of stepping off of the path. You go walking in state parks or something like that, stay on the path, we're rebuilding the wildlife area here. Sin is God putting us on the right path toward glory and peace and a good life right now, protected, taken care of, full of joy, and us saying, no, I've got a shortcut that I want to take. We may think, how can I be a called, elected child of God when I keep on stepping off the path? These good boundaries that God has placed before me. God, God, has, God has placed good boundaries around human sexuality, and yet we go outside of those boundaries looking for pleasure, outside of God's good gift of marriage. God has told us he would take care of all things for us and that we don't have to worry. Look how he takes care of the birds. Surely he's going to take care of you. And yet we step off the path and instead start start obsessing and worrying and wondering, how can I handle this myself? And God, are you truly in control anymore? We step off the path. We think that we know better than God and his word, that we can find our, 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 our own shortcuts. God tells us to forgive and to encourage, and instead we hold on to bitterness and anger. Our sinful natures keep showing through because we were not born children of God, but slaves to sin. Now, the truth is, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell, and he does not choose in eternity anybody to go to hell or go away from them. That is always our own stubborn fault going out of the path or not entering into that path. Humans over and over, including me, make bad choices that the Bible calls sin. And that's why God sent his son. And that's why we look at the second person of the Trinity. That's why we we recognize what his word said, that God chose us before the creation of the world and to ensure that you truly could be holy and blameless in his sight, he sent his son Jesus to be holy and blameless in your place. This plan, this plan of salvation was also chosen before the creation of the world, as God chose you to be his own. He put Jesus on one path, even though that path would end with his sacrificial death on the cross, and Jesus never stepped outside of that path. He never went against his his Father's good and perfect will. And this says that through that, we have redemption. Through his blood, redemption. He bought us back. He paid the ransom price. We hadn't just been stolen by sin and the devil. We had started there. and We had walked on our own over to there. But Jesus still said, I will pay whatever it takes 
to buy you back so that you can be my child. That's what redemption is. And the price wasn't, as Peter says, something like gold or silver or, or Bitcoin or something like that. Peter doesn't say that. But it was his holy, precious blood. We have redemption through his blood and through that the forgiveness of sins. For every time that we step off of the path and to the side and just keep wandering into the darkness on our own, we have forgiveness. The word forgiveness, another word picture for us, is God casting our sins far, far away. You've heard the the psalm verse that God has, has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. They'll never come back together into, into the universe, just going far, far away from us. There's another passage that talks about how God has taken our sins and thrown them into the depths of the sea because of his compassion on us. You hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. So God gives us redemption through Jesus' blood, the forgiveness of sins in keeping with the riches of his grace. Verse 7. All of this forgiveness, redemption, is all in keeping with the richness of his grace. What does that mean? Well, obviously, God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the richness of everything he has is extraordinary. But everything is his, ultimately rich. But he gives us his forgiveness not like this. Not not like a person, a rich man who has more than enough, and, and someone comes and says, oh, could you support the charity fundraiser? And he says, well, I have lots of money, so here's a little bit extra that I have. I won't miss it anyway. That's not what it means. It means that God, who is full of mercy and rich in grace, right in line with that kind of huge richness, pours his grace onto us in a very rich way. He lavishes it upon us. It's like he's pouring it out into a bucket, and the bucket is just overflowing, and he just keeps on pouring it into our lives. So this is how we were adopted into God's family. God the Father chose chose before the creation of the world to be his own. To make sure that we could truly be holy and blameless in his sight, he sent his son Jesus to be holy and blameless in our place so that he would die on the cross so that our sins would truly be forgiven. The sins of the entire world paid for through Jesus' blood on the cross. He pours those blessings out just as he poured out his blood through his his hands and his feet and his side on the cross. So now how, how does this forgiveness that is for everyone, how does this get connected to my heart and to your heart? How do we become children of God Well, that's what Paul goes on to say, and we can especially look at verse 13. In him, in Jesus, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed and were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, this is how God chooses to work. In time, he took those who were chosen and he made sure that they heard the gospel that was poured out on them. The Holy Spirit 
could have chosen to snap his fingers and made those who were called to believe to, to come to faith at that time, but instead he uses the simple words of the Bible, Scripture, the good news of the gospel. And think about how you and those baby pictures were brought to hear of the gospel from, from your mother singing you, Jesus loves me, from a grandparent talking about Christ, from a pastor who met you and told you about that. And probably in another way, in connection with all of that, where God lavished on us this gospel, he poured it out on us through the sacraments, through baptism. We had a lot of baptism pictures out there because that is God taking water, having it poured onto someone connected with his word, the word of truth. That's where the power is. And through that water and word, a miraculous thing happens. We're having another baptism on Sunday, uh, tomorrow at our 1030 service. And there, through the very promises of God, through the word of God, a child will be taken into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, brought into God's family. And through water and the word, we have the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes and stamps his name on us. You're mine! And I'm not going to let you go. It is a down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own possession. We, we, have, we have the, the joy and blessing of being able to move to Mankato and taking money and making a down payment on a house. And that was really special for us. And what that down payment is supposed to mean is, I don't have all the money right now, but here it is, and I'm going to sign a contract, and the rest is going to come every month. <laughs> I'm going to keep on, keep on paying for that. I've made my promise. God has given us the Holy Spirit into our hearts, marking you as a child of God, and that means the rest of the inheritance is coming. Heaven is yours. It is yours now and it is yours, your inheritance, eternally. And so we praise his glorious grace. This is the start of the Christian life. Maybe you dreamt of, of having kids someday and thought about, oh, how many and what would they be like and what would you name them? Certainly your parents did that at one time too. And then God blesses parents with kids, brings adopted children into the family, and maybe you sit down and look through those baby pictures again, those baptism pictures again, those photo albums again. But today we saw that God, way before that, at the time of creation, planned for you to be his child, choosing you with his grace, sending his son to give you his forgiveness, aligning all things, moving everything on heaven and earth so that you would be his child having baptism applied to you, being born again through the gospel, to enjoy this Christian family here and a Christian family forever and an inheritance that will never end. It's good to know that our life starts and ends and continues in the very capable hands of our triune God. In this series, we will see that this Christian life is our Christian life as we flip through the photo album of the book of Ephesians. This is your life. Amen.